0: Welcome to the Roswell Business Podcast. On this episode, we speak with local businessman, Marlon Wells, as we discuss pieces of his life, his business, and words to live by. Enjoy. Well, Marlon, Thank you for joining us on this episode and interrupting your uh, life and things that are going on in your world to spend a little bit of time with us and share with our audience and our, our viewers um, details about you and all that and so forth. Just for our audience to know, uh, we do have a re-roofing pro- uh, project happening next door. So uh, if you hear the banging and all that on the podcast today, apologies, but we did not sure. want to miss the opportunity to... Uh, capture uh, Marlin and, and reschedule. And you know, on those kind of things, when you reschedule, sometimes those things can't line up again. So right. sure, we're gonna go ahead and move and, and get going. So Marlin, tell us about you. I know you've been in the Roswell area for many years. Uh, so a lot of people actually here know who you are, but those that are not from Roswell and so forth uh, don't know that. And in fact, even the people living here might even pick up a few neat things today um, right. About who you are. So let's talk about Mar- Marlon, the man, the person. Where do you come from? What What makes you tick?
1: Well, th- thanks, Donovan. First of all, for inviting me, I'm honored to be here today and uh, share a little bit about. I've had a I have had a wonderful, wonderful life for many, many years, and still do. And I'm very, very blessed in many areas. Uh, I'm a true Roswell native. My wife and I both were born and raised in Roswell. We were born at St. Mary's Hospital, which used to be south of town, where the uh, Chavez County administration office is now, as those that live here know, that uh, that used to be a hospital out there. We actually were born there. Uh, Went to school, all through school. I graduated from Roswell High School. Uh, Went to NMMI my first two years of college. Graduated from there, played baseball uh, at Roswell High and also at NMMI. And then uh, went on to Point Loma University out in California and got my degree. And then life went on from there. Spent four years in the army, and got married, and that whole thing. So life. So I've had, I've had a, a good life, but it started out right here in
0: Roswell. So why? Um, well, let's let's talk about that. You you started out in Roswell. How long was your family here? What what kind of heritage is sitting there?
1: Well, my mom and dad were here. My father was a milkman for 45 years. He delivered milk to people's to their front door. I he used to roll me out at two o'clock in the morning, and I would go with him. Uh, and then my father-in-law was in the real estate business for many years. So our family were, was here. And then Kathleen and I lived in California for almost 20 years. And we moved back to Roswell cause we wanted to raise our boys in a little different atmosphere than Southern California. So okay. that's kind of how we ended up back in Roswell.
0: So interesting story there uh, two in the morning in order to go out and fulfill milk orders. How, how did that process work? That's a neat part of history.
1: Well, my dad would go to work sometime between delivering milk to people's front doors at between midnight and two o'clock in the morning. And he was usually through delivering by eight or 8.30 or nine in the morning. So he worked at night delivering milk. And uh, I went with him for many, many years. I worked at, the, there were a couple of creameries here, dairies, I worked at those during the summertime. Uh, but my father did that and my mother. Uh, served breakfast and lunches at Nancy Lopez School for about 35 years. Wow. The kids over there, so there are a lot of kids here that remember my mom, the young people, remember my mom from serving lunches. Uh, and then like I said, my, my in-laws were in the real estate business and the farmers, the Adams family. Uh, and so we go back a long ways in history in Roswell.
0: Wow, and, uh, and I'm gonna stay on that milk thing because that's just such a neat industry, a neat part of our Americana. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys, did you bottle it and all that too, or were you just uh, delivery and, and that
1: my dad was just in the retail distributed uh, distribution okay. part of it, but there were Clardy's dairy and prices, dairy, and then Pollard's dairy okay. that I hear that actually bottled the milk. And then my dad would buy milk from them load it on his milk truck. And then he was an independent distributor. Then he would deliver their milk. Okay. Uh, and we used to, he, he delivered milk, cream, butter, eggs, cottage cheese. Uh, used to have milk nickels and fudge sickles and all of that on his wow. milk route with the dry ice. And the kids would come around in the summer and buy fudge sickles and milk nickels for my dad at five cents a piece. Uh, and so but we're talking ancient history here. Yeah. Right? yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's really fun. A lot of people don't know that Roswell, uh, a big part of this economy comes from agriculture. Right. And uh, here your family heritage is a big part of that. That's right. neat, Right. That's really neat. So you would get up at two in the morning and lug around Were you just, uh, there was he, what, what was the purpose of having you involved?
1: Uh, I'd actually helped him delivered milk. He would, he'd had a truck and he would deliver milk. The, the houses were on the left side, he would drive and I'd be on the right side. And I would just deliver the half gallons of quarts of milk, whatever it was to the houses. And we just go down the street with customers and, and, just deliver milk, put it on people's, they had a box, put it on their front porch. And so I actually did the work with my dad. Wow! And I I didn't necessarily like it then, but I look back on it and my father taught me how to work. Okay. And his words were, if you're gonna work for somebody, you work for them. And I worked
0: for my dad. Wow, wow. (laughs) He made sure that I worked. What a neat thing um i know uh, a lot of us can point to fathers who were influential like that and or father figures in our lives depending on where we came from so uh so you you grew up here um you ended up going to roswell high school you said you played baseball um was that something that you continued into Neme as well or okay right uh,
1: I started out in Little League when I was 10 years old playing baseball, and I worked up for Little League to Babe Ruth League to American Legion and Roswell High. Uh, my senior year in high school in 1960, we won the state tournament in baseball in wow. Roswell High. Then I went on to NMMI and played for two years there. I had the good fortune of uh, Roger Staubach came here. He did not mm-hmm. go to the Naval Academy. His When he graduated from high school, I believe in Cincinnati, and he came here and played spent one year's prep school and he played on the baseball team. So I had the, he was a center fielder and I was a pitcher. Nice. And so I had the opportunity to play one year of baseball and got to know Roger. He's not a personal friend, but I was a of serv- was on the team with yeah. Roger. Uh, and, and then I went on out to a point Loma university in San Diego and played baseball, two years of baseball out there. Okay.
0: So you continued there as well. Why point Loma? What was the attraction? Uh, well,
1: that's where, uh, my wife's, uh, Kathleen's family, okay. a number of them had gone there. That's a church school that's sponsored by the Church of the Nazarene. Okay. And her family was raised in the Nazarene Church, as was Kathleen. And uh, they had a good baseball program and they offered me a a nice scholarship to go play ball. So I went out there to play ball and had the good fortune of playing out there for a couple of years. I'd always wanted to be a professional baseball player. I went to a couple of tryout camps after I got out of college. And then Uncle Sam decided it was time for me to to be for a while, so my my baseball career kind of got okay. pushed aside, and uh, but I grew up loving baseball. I still I, I still like to watch
0: baseball games. Wow, that's neat. Um, so you said you stayed out in California for about 20 years or so. Yeah, right. Um, what was what was happening in those?
1: Well, when Kathleen and I got married, uh, we'd been married for two years. We 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 lived when we graduated from college. We lived in uh, the uh, uh, Los Angeles area. We were both working. And then my father called me and uh, I think is in 1966 and said they had a draft board then, Selective Servant. He said, you're going to be drafted in January. This was 66. He said, your name has come up. And so I did not want to be drafted. So Kathleen and I moved closed out everything there. We came back, she came back to Roswell, okay. and I went into the service and I spent four years in the Army. Then after I got out of the Army, we went back to Southern California and stayed another 15 or 16 years. Okay. So that that was the 20 years. Okay. Yeah. So, but I spent four years in the Army. We spent a couple of years in Germany. Wow. Our oldest son was born in Germany. Okay. And then I spent 1969, I was in Vietnam. Rich was, our son was 10 months old when I went to Vietnam. Okay. He was two when I got back. So he, I missed out on that year of his life. Wow.
0: So, but that was long time ago. Yeah. Long time ago. Well, thank you for uh, the the service. I know that that can sound like a cliche, but seriously appreciate. uh, uh, anyone who has sacrificed like well, that that is so.
1: it was a an honor and a privilege I look back I don't think I'd want to do it again but it was a privilege to do it I'm glad I had the opportunity
0: nice and so uh, you come back from a military from all of that experience and uh the change of life back here and then you said you spent 16 years in California right. um what was what what were you into what what was happening there obviously you've got two children now right um, how, how was life then?
1: Well, we lived in Escondido, California, which is North San Diego County. And I worked for a pharmaceutical company for several years. Okay. Uh, and then I got into the insurance and investment business. And then we moved back to Roswell. I'd been in the business a couple of years and we came back to Roswell during that period of time. But during that, our son, youngest younger son, Greg was born. Okay. And then I was, uh, as they were growing up, little boys, I was helping them uh, I coached their little league baseball teams and and all of that. We were very active in the church out in California. uh, And uh, life just kind of things opened up for us to come back to Roswell. So we decided to move back and it's one of the best decisions
0: we ever made. Wow. So why, why do you say best decision ever made? How does that? Roswell's a great
1: place to live. It, It certainly has its issues, but it's a wonderful place to live. It's a great place to raise your kids. Wonderful people here as there are wonderful people everywhere,
0: but Roswell has been awfully good to me and my family. And so um, I know you had been insurance out there. Is that what inspired you to bring that here to Roswell or did that just kind of happen? It just kind of
1: happened. I think Uh, the door just opened for us to come back. Uh, Kathleen's mother and father had both passed away and we, we thought we'd like to make a change. And so we came back and bought the house that belonged to her mom and dad from her brothers and sisters. And lived there for about 24, 25 years. Uh, And then the business is just, life has grown from then. Our boys grew up and have gone to college and got their own family and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, but we've been extremely
0: blessed being here. Wow, wow, that's neat. And I I know, you know, uh, on a personal level, my wife has had the pleasure of working at at your then office and now transitioning office. And right. we'll talk a little bit more of that as we come up on the business side. Right. But uh, the fact that you've been able to stay, stick with that for this many years is right. is admirable and impressive. Well, this is my 40th year. Wow. Wow. Um so uh you had the privilege of bringing uh, your family back and giving them a similar experience that you had growing up, right how did that How did that look? Uh, obviously, I know you said that you were able to be a part of their lives in coaching right. and so forth. And I know you're a very spiritual church based man, right. so I'm sure you did a lot right. uh, through the city there and what other what other things around apart from business had you been involved in?
1: Well, as I, as our boys grew up, I certainly helped with their coach, their little league teams they both played baseball. They both graduated from Roswell high school. Uh, and uh, I got involved in the chamber of commerce. I uh, okay. served on the chamber of commerce board for 10 years, president of the chamber of commerce. Uh, I was on the economic development council board for eight or 10 years. I've been in rotary for probably 35 years. Yeah. I was on the city council, uh, and i've been involved in all things at nmmi but i just feel like that where we live we need to give back the people that help that did business with us everything else that goes on that that we're here to help each other out and we need to give back and so that's what i've tried to do through church work community work uh
0: just working with leadership roswell chamber of commerce and all of that nice so you've really uh, not done much with your time then, huh? <laughs> that's a nice, uh, well, nice we, record, a nice yeah. uh, involvement too.
1: We have been blessed, so. But I think that's the reason where each one of us is here. We have a, I think God gives us a job to do, a position to fill, a calling to do, and then that's what we are
0: to do is to do that to the best of our ability. Now I know one of the first times that I had the privilege of uh, technically meeting you, you may not remember, but, uh, it was at a, uh, speaking event where you were doing some leadership teaching. Um, how did you get into that? Tell me about some of the history of that.
1: It was probably leadership Roswell. Okay. I have a talk that I've given, I think for, I think it's 27 or 28 years now, I've been one of the speakers. Uh, and I have a talk that I give on goal setting called goal setting called the electricity of goals and how goals, that's such an important part of my life. As I look back over my life, I think that I can think of four areas. One of them is setting goals, hard work, God's blessing and generosity with our time, our energy and our money. And I think that's a combination you just can't beat. But anyway, I started, uh, Rick Kraft approached me about giving a talk on goal setting at Leadership Roswell a long time ago and I've been doing it every year Same talk, every year I use the same outline I've always used, but they keep asking me back, so I keep going back. Goals have been a very important part of my life. They've been a roadmap and a track to run on. Uh, That's what's kept me going, and it's been really neat for Kathleen and me to watch our sons and our grandchildren Mm -hmm. do that process of setting goals
0: and seeing some of the things happen that they work for. So, love that, love that. we'll uh we'll revisit that to where i know it's a full talk and our viewers can obviously we'll, we'll talk at the end of how they can connect okay. with you and in case they want to bring you in to sure to do that talk but we might hit the highlights of that when we get towards mm-hmm. the end sure because i know that's a big passion of yours so, right um love your insights so uh let's let's talk a little bit about uh marlon the businessman um obviously you were in pharmaceuticals and things uh right. what did that look like what what did you do
1: uh i was it's called a detail man but it was a uh a sales representative i worked for a company called park davis which is no longer they've been gone a long time they were one of the major pharmaceutical companies and i called on doctors hospitals uh rest homes and all selling We detailed, you'd go and talk to a doctor about a product you might have, a new antibiotic, a new new pharmaceutical, a new drug. And you give the the doctor details. Hopefully they will prescribe your medicine and we also sold surgical dressings, uh, you know, uh, diapers, uh, disposable, all those kind of things, cotton Mm -hmm. balls and all that is is part of the, had a whole range of things to sell, but but just worked in the medical community. So that was my first job out of college.
0: So first job you were having to go do just straight on door-to-door sales basically had a
1: list of i had a book of had all the doctors in it but i didn't know any of them when i started so i had to go introduce myself and develop a a rapport and a relationship with the doctors and the
0: nurses and the staff did did you have any prior uh, training in in sales or so you just literally thrown to the wolves and jumped in and got going right and i'm uh,
1: not uh, naturally an outgoing person I'm, a, I'm basically a pretty reserved, shy person. And it was the first few years, it was tough for me to do that, to transition. I, I had to work very hard. And my wife, I credit her with it because she encouraged me. She said, Marlon, you can do this. Wow. Stay with it. You can do it. You've got what it takes. And so I believed her and stayed with it.
0: So what kind of uh, insights did you learn during those trial by fire moments?
1: I think the probably some of the the earliest things I started learning is, if, if you tell people you're going to do something such as, I'll be in your office at nine o'clock tomorrow morning, or I'm going to return your phone call, or I will do this, it's important to follow up and hmm. do it. Wow. So many people, I think today, especially, I see is they're always gonna do something, but it's easy to let that go. Wow. And I think it's extremely important if you tell somebody you're going to do something, do it. If you can't let them know, and then once you do it, then you, I think it's important to say, thank you. I yes. heard a gentleman speak many, many years ago. And he said three of the most important words in the, the English language are please, thank you. And I'm sorry. Hmm. And I've never forgotten that, wow. but uh, people just, uh, I just, I learned that just if, if you say you're going to do something, make a commitment to people,
0: do it. Yeah. And so you found by just that one simple principle that opened a lot of doors for you. Right. Wow. Right. Wow.
1: And being honest with people, because people, people want are looking for help. I think, especially in finances, which we'll get to people are looking for someone to tell them, how should I go about this? And they want some solid, honest advice. That's not for them, but, but it's not for me as the broker or whatever, but it's for them with their goals you're trying to help them meet their goals and their family's goals. I think that's so important. Wow.
0: That's good. So, um, the pharmaceutical thing, uh, was it just something that you just lost uh, vision for, or was it just a really solid opportunity to switch to the financial world or how did all that uh, shift? Cause I know you said you spent about a decade and a half or so.
1: It was, there were a couple other things that I did in addition to the pharmaceutical sales, okay. uh, but it was. I, I had always been interested in insurance okay. and investments. When I was a boy growing up, there was a gentleman who was with American National Insurance Company. He, he had a debit and he would come around to my house and collect from my, from my mom and dad premiums for life insurance. And he always asked me how I was doing. He always talked to me. He asked me about baseball and all that. He was interested in me. A lot of people don't have any interest in kids at all. They get ignored. He always took an interest in me. And I remember thinking as a boy, I think I'd like to do that someday. Wow. I'd like to have an interest in people. So I've, I've never forgotten that. His name was Bob Adams. He's been gone for many, many years, but he really made an impact upon me about just caring
0: about a boy who was growing up that he would see every Friday. So it wasn't even really about the interest in financial things. It was because someone else impacted you. Right. That's, that's amazing. Right. Wow. There's crazy power in that. Tell, talk about that for a minute. What, why do you think that is such a, a huge influence over us?
1: Well, I think it can be a person like that. It can be a school teacher. I had a school teacher when I was in the second grade, and I remember Mrs. Marsh saying, Marlon, you're a special boy. You're going to do something with your life. I'd never heard anything like that wow. at all. And I, that was a long, long time ago, and I still remember that. I think we all need a word of encouragement from time to time. We all need a kick in the bottom sometimes to get us going. Yeah. But there's nothing like a few words of encouragement, either verbally or a note or a phone call or whatever, just to let somebody know, "Hey, I'm thinking about you. How's it
0: going?" Wow. So, that it's always been special to me. So, uh, being inspired like that, you make the transition into the financial world. Was that a shocking event? Uh, since it was just you know I was interested because of someone else, not necessarily because of the industry or was it something that just fit like hand and glove or, you know, how did, how did that transition go? Uh,
1: It was a tough change for me because people have a, people have an adversity to salespeople at times. And sometimes I think insurance agents and car salesmen, people said, you know, this guy's going to try to sell me something I don't need, I don't want, and I cannot afford. So that was, there was a certain amount that you have to, of, of that you have to overcome. But I think you, I was able to do that by building trust, Getting to know people, letting them know that I cared, that I was, hopefully I was going to be able to do what was best for them. But that took a long time. Uh, and like I said, my wife really encouraged me in that to stay with it. I probably would have gotten out of the business because it was a tough, tough time. Wow. Just calling on people, making appointments and all of that. But as I look back on it, it was, it's was it been a wonderful life.
0: And of course, when you started in this, this, this was pre-digital everything. Right. Um and, uh, and in fact, it was, if, if I'm doing my math right, it was during the phase where even getting on TV was pretty difficult. Yes. So um, how did you go about, I know you said just calling and calling, but how did you get in front of people?
1: Direct mail. Okay. I sent out a hundred letters a week. Well, wow. I subscribed to a real estate paper on people who had bought mortgages, who had bought homes, had mortgages, and it listed their name and address and what their mortgage was and I would send out 100 of those a week advertising, return this card for a free travel atlas. Okay. Most of the people, once in a while, somebody was interested in a policy or some insurance, whatever, but most people just wanted the travel atlas. So I gave away a ton of travel (laughs) atlases. Nice. And I made a few sales along the way and I just, I kept at it and kept at it. And finally, I got to the point where I was getting referrals of people I was doing business with. They would refer me to their neighbors and friends. And then I started developing a reputation and I got more involved in the community and I got more and more known and then started to mushroom yeah. and it just has built and built and built, but it's taken a long time and a lot
0: of hard work. Yeah. Uh, that is, that is an interesting point about, uh, business and so forth. Um, we're going to take a quick break and uh, then we'll pick back up. On okay. That point. Great. Now a word from this episode sponsor, Reliability is one of the most important elements when selecting a service company. Fulkerson Plumbing and Air Conditioning has over 50 years experience serving Roswell in southeastern New Mexico, with a consistent focus on complete customer satisfaction. From a residential leaky faucet to a commercial air conditioning system, we provide 24-hour emergency service, upfront pricing, highly skilled and trained technicians with fast and courteous service. Call the Fulkerson team at our main office in Roswell at 575-622-1600 or visit fulkerson-services.com to schedule an appointment. Fulkerson Plumbing and Air Conditioning, large enough to be there when you need us, small enough to take your call. uh, Let's pick back up on uh, where we we left off with uh, the financial things and as that was transitioning Um, you said that in that early phase, there was a do or die time where literally you were like, map, this just may not be for me. And, uh, it was the support of, uh, of your life and marriage partner, uh, Kathleen, that kind of helped build that through, um, talk about that. What, what was the, what was the hurdle and what was the turning point?
1: Well, as I mentioned, Kathleen, and then I went to a, uh. A goal setting seminar that lasted all day. That uh, the gentleman, the thing, couple things I remember about the goal setting seminar is he said, "Stop blaming the government. Stop blaming your environment. Stop blaming people for where you are today, and take responsibility and be accountable for yourself." And he said, "For things to change." you have to change. Wow. And he said, you have to do it. And he said, you make a commitment that I am not living like this anymore. And from that, and I made that commitment and it didn't happen overnight, but things started changing because I started setting goals, spiritual, family, financial, physical, about eight different areas. I started setting goals and working on those started seeing some things happen. And that was a life changing experience for me. I started setting them at NMMI, but I didn't refine it. But this goal setting seminar literally pulled a chain on my light bulb that I need to make a change. And I did. And it was a life changing
0: experience. Wow. And so fast forward to these days now, Um, at, at your age and experience level, how are you still implementing that?
1: I still have those same areas that I keep goals in. I set goals for every year. In December, I start, and I usually work on them for about three or four weeks. But I have spiritual goals, family goals, financial goals. I have my notebook here that I have those broken down, that I've been doing that for many, many, many years. And uh, I just uh, I make commitments in those goals, and I do my best to,
0: to work on them and live up to that. How would you say that that, uh, impacts even just the everyday, not just business?
1: It's a track to run on.
0: Okay.
1: We all, we have so much information now, especially now that we've got information we're bombarded with. It's so easy to get sidetracked still at this point in my life. I can get sidetracked, but those goals are my roadmap. And this is what my ultimate goal is. And I'm going to get sidetracked, but this is where I'm headed. You know as as a husband as a father as a grandfather this is where i'm headed now in my position and where i am in the business which is i'm really almost out of it but this this is where i am in the community this is where i want to be so that that helps me stay on track uh because i'm not a, a super organized person okay uh and so i really i have to keep a notebook and keep track of things <clears throat> so that's how it's helped me.
0: That speaks volumes because I know that there are other people like, like yourself that don't naturally have organization uh, design right. in, the, mm-hmm. in their personality and how they're made up. So you said you carry a, a notebook that keeps all that together. Right. Um, is that your preferred and suggested method for most people? I wouldn't say for
1: most people, but it's worked for me. Okay. Yeah. It has worked for me and I, and I keep track of those things. I have a I have a partner, a associate, Kenny Ragdale has been with me for, I guess, 11 years now. He's super organized. He's Mr. Organization. Okay. I am Mr. Relationships. That's my strength is relationships and one-on-one with people. Yeah. And so what, what my challenge in life has been to take the relationships and combine it with the organization okay. so you can get some things done.
0: So I, I noticed what you said there. I like that, that you take what you are good at, but combine it with what you aren't, whether it be through systems or other people. Right. Right. If I'm hearing you right. Right. Love that. That's neat. So uh, fast forward to you know the, the later years in the financial business, uh, you stayed with it. Yeah, you didn't give up, didn't quit. I had some rough times, had some uh, uh, moments of misgiving and not sure where it would go, but stuck it out. And how did that play out?
1: Well, it's, it's play, as I look back on it, it's played out wonderfully because I have had a, an amazing business of the of the number of, I look back, of the, the people I've been able to do business with, become friends with, uh, get involved with their family, their planning. Uh, it, helping them set aside money for their kids to go to college. I've had a number of people over the years, a good number of people who passed away or family members passed away that I've been able to help them process their life insurance. So the family can keep on keeping on. Uh, so that's been very rewarding of in helping people plan for their retirement. That's one of our specialties in the offices is helping people retire uh, and helping people once they accumulate all this money for retirement, how do I take it out? What do I do with it? Yeah, A lot of people have questions about that. And so that's, that has been a great, great thing. But I've had a, a lot of people that have put their trust and faith in our advice. Uh, and I, as I look back, Donovan, I think one of the things that, that I think people want to know how much I care more than they want to know how much I know. Okay. It's really easy to dump knowledge on people, but it's something else to really let people know, hey, I care about you and your family and your planning. And that takes a while to build that trust in wow. that relationship. But that's what has been my goal forever is to build a trust. And I try to be the same person wherever I am. I don't want to be Marlon at the office, Marlon at church, Marlon at chamber. I just want to be Marlon. Wow. And that's been my goal is I just want to be one person. Uh, And I don't mean that in type of ego sense at all. That's, that's my goal in life is I want to be real.
0: Well, that's uh, not only admirable, but appreciated, especially in a day and age of a lot of fake uh, statuses because of our digital age. Right. So I appreciate that. Appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Um, I feel like most of us struggle with that. So it's good to hear somebody that's winning at it. (laughs) So uh, let's talk about uh, financial business and so forth. Um, You've obviously had several decades of knowledge and learning and so forth. Uh, What are some, some basics that you can say that is important to know about financial planning?
1: It has always been important, but to, in today's time, I think is extremely important is, as I look back over the years, I've helped so many people set up budgets. A lot of people have all of their numbers and their bills and things running through their mind, but they don't ever put it down in a book or a, uh, in their computer or whatever, QuickBooks, whatever they use, and keep track of their monthly income and compare it with their monthly outgo. Yeah most people have no idea where their extra money goes they just spend it so to set up a budget is extremely important and i think it's really important now and will be more important in future to get out of debt okay people are going to be able to have mortgages on their home and probably cars but i think i really encourage people to get those charge cards paid off and don't use them uh i'm not a doomsday person but i think we have some rough days ahead financially okay uh, in our nation and in the world. And I think it's gonna be very important to be to not have a whole bunch of charge cards and debt installment notes hanging over your head. That's, that's my own feeling. I'm okay. not a prophet, but I just feel like that's so important today. It always has been, but I think it really is now. Our, our economy is just amazing what's going on. It's remarkable. Stock market is all time highs. Inflation is building. Interest rates are low. Supply and demand, it's remarkable what's going on now. And I'm not an expert on it anyway, but I think it's going to be really important to be out of debt.
0: Why would you say that?
1: I just think things are going to change so that we just okay. we just need to be out of debt the, the, op, the debt is an obligation. And I think yeah. we need to get out from under those obligations that we have where that somebody else actually controls us. Okay. The people that we owe, they've
0: got control over that, whatever that might be. Right. Okay. Good words. Uh, good insight there. Um, so you're actually in a unique season of life where uh, you mentioned it before, uh, that there is a looming transition between full-time, part-time, and possibly uh, anything that you want to do. Right. You're at that season of life, which is all of our goal. Uh, most of us in our life you know, hope to get to, to live long enough that we can go into a season where we can actually be in a little bit more control of right. those decisions. Um, how does that look?
1: Well, I think it looks great. Uh, I read uh, some time back that we need to be thankful for old age. Many people are not given the, the privilege of going there. Wow. People die younger, die young, whatever else. And so I'm really trying, as the years go by, my senior years, quote, I'm really trying to be thankful that I've been allowed to live another day and hopefully make an impact on my little world, the people that i go in contact, that I'm in contact with on a daily basis. Okay. So that's the way I view it. I'm trying to, I've got some little things that I keep dabbling in in the business, but I'm, I'm very involved in a prayer group that I meet with two or three times a week. I go to a Bible study every week, okay. involved in my church, uh, and in some other, some other things, I'm involved with the ESGR employer support of the Garden Reserve, and I'm still in Rotary. So I've got some some still things going on, but I'm trying to keep a balance now and spending time with kids and grandkids and doing, doing some traveling.
0: So it sounds like you're enjoying that extra freedom. It's great.
1: It's wonderful. Good. And I'll I repeat again, I think it goes back to goal setting, hard work. God's blessings and generosity. That's what I look back on my life. Those four things. Yeah.
0: So let's, let's explore uh, for a minute here because you've got a lot of wisdom uh, we've talked about some of that, but especially because you have a full uh, teaching that you do um, give us uh, some highlights of, you know, what that looks like and what can our viewers take away from that your insights that you've learned?
1: Well, I, uh, Bob Donnell and I started a Bible study group. 30, July will be 13 years ago with the okay. two of us. And we now have, uh, we've got 33, 35 men involved in it that are from seven different churches. We meet every Thursday morning at Cerritos for breakfast. And we're, right now we're studying Second Samuel. Uh, this morning, we just studied about David and Bathsheba. Okay. A fascinating lesson. And so I think what that has done for me is I'm the leader of the group, quote, leader, and I have to study every week to prepare. Because if, if these guys are going to make the commitment to come to a Bible study at seven o'clock in the morning, they want to come for a reason. Yeah, and I good. try to be prepared. Same on the, the little talks I give at the service club or leadership, roster, whatever. I, I want to, I want to be able to add something, hopefully, that maybe one or two people might be impacted Everybody won't. But yeah. if there's one or two people that I can make a difference in their lives, then I, I consider that wonderful and a blessing.
0: So you said that there's, uh, there, you have your four points that you usually teach. Right. Uh, give us some basics of that.
1: Well, that, as I look back, those four points are really pretty, that, that's kind of not so necessarily so much teaching, that's kind of where my life is. Okay. So, but I've had any points for teaching, I would say just, and especially Bible study, it's just preparation. Okay. Just not that I'm a walking encyclopedia, I'm not a Bible scholar, but just preparation. And whatever we need to do, we need to prepare. If we're gonna meet with someone um, like just meeting today, I've uh-huh. given some thought, of, okay, what kind of questions may Donovan ask me? What what do I want to say? What can I add to this? So I've tried to prepare for that uh-huh. as best I could. And so I think that's that's what we need to do. We're, we're here to help each other out. I firmly believe uh, and yeah, that's, that's kind of my life philosophy
0: so you say all interaction really begins with preparation then i
1: think a great deal of it does yes okay yeah and in leadership I, I i read many years ago leadership is influence if you're going to be a leader you're going to influence people good or bad whatever it is and so that's that's what i want to do is be a positive influence as much as i can not that yeah. I, that's not an ego trip i don't mean that in any way of bragging sure. i just want to to, be, to make an impact that will hopefully be of encouragement to somebody.
0: That's, that's wonderful, and I think a lot of us that are uh, interested in leadership or business uh, positions or ownership or whatever that might be, that's really what, if we boil it down, is really what our goals are, is we, right. we wanna have proper influence. Right. Um, so I like what you're saying. That helps put it in perspective. What, what's another point on, on your teaching?
1: Uh, I think just caring. I'm a very caring person. In fact, my wife has always told me that I care too much, but I'm, but I think just caring about people and caring just caring about the impact, caring about where they are in life, and hopefully maybe you can say something that will be an encouragement to them at that time.
0: Okay. So I'm, I've heard another word used, which is empathy. Yes. Good. Um, is that what you're great? Yes. Referencing. Right. Okay how do you because you've had a lot of practice at it uh because i hear the question come from sometimes when when there's discussions on empathy um how do you know where the limit is because then you've got those that are actually abusing your empathetic heart and caring spirit How, how do you know how to draw those lines
1: that's a tough question because it's some some people will just you could just go on and on and on with people somewhere that there has to be a a place where you draw the line and that's a tough decision to make on how far do I go? How much more do I get involved in this? Uh, and so that there's not an, I don't have an easy answer for that. Okay. Uh, I just try to sense it and kind of see where I am with the person or the situation, whatever it might be. But that's a that's a difficult
0: decision to make. Right. Yeah. Um, because is, is it something that you if I'm hearing you correctly, that you, you know, you take case by case basis, but once you start to sense a life sucker, it's time to be done.
1: <laughs> uh, to a certain extent, yes.
0: Uh-huh. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. And some people can be a life sucker. I call them joy stealers. Okay. I mean, some people could just take the joy right out of you Right. Uh, for whatever reason. And I don't mean that in any kind of a, a critical sense of But Some people really can just, that they've, they've got so much negative stuff going right. on and, and it
0: just, it just, Anyway, I call them joy stealers. So do you think, cause I've heard it said that sometimes the best gift you can give someone like that is to walk away.
1: Uh, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's a good thought. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll think about that. That's a good one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I, I just love hearing other people's perspectives and I had heard that recently and I was like, Hmm, interesting. That, that's good. Yeah. Maybe the best thing you can do is stop enabling their, their right. processes. Right. Okay. So, um, we've covered several territories. Uh, what else is part of your, uh, your basic teaching that you give people on goal setting?
1: The goals need to be yours. They're not someone else's goals. What, What do you and your family want to accomplish? Okay. Uh, not your managers, not your bosses, whatever else, what is, what's important to you and your family? in your spiritual life, in your financial life, in your whatever it might be, your relationships, your personal growth, whatever, What what's important to you, your spouse, your husband, your wife, uh, children, grandchildren, yeah uh, and then set those goals, make sure those goals are, are real, they're realistic, and they're not way so high that you'll never reach them be really be realistic on the goals that you
0: set okay so um, would you say uh, how, how do people deal with the unrealistic ones that you do have out there do you call those dreams instead of goals or how do you classify that
1: well I read uh, several years ago that a dream is really a goal without a deadline okay and so I, I think that's there's probably there's some truth to that when I say a uh, a realistic goal, somebody is going to set a financial goal. And if they're making uh, $50,000 this year, and they set a goal that next year, I'm going to make a million dollars. That's probably unrealistic. Could be possible, it could happen. But I just, maybe if somebody's going to say, well, my goal is to make 50,000 this year, maybe next year, my goal could be to make 60,000, whatever, and just grow on that. Whatever it might be, uh, whether it's change, it's your personal growth. I'm going to start doing some different things in my own life whether it's physical training uh whether it's getting in shape losing weight whatever it might be and say so if you need to lose 100 pounds you say well I'm going to have this 100 pounds done in 6 weeks it's probably going to take you a year at least to do 100 pounds yeah. but set realistic goals for yeah, yeah. yourself.
0: Okay. That that helps a lot. That's yeah. why I was digging that out of you because you know the the goal uh, setting industry has a wide spectrum of weird right. teaching in there. Right, And, yeah. uh, I like what you're saying. Very practical, very efficient things that need to be on our agenda.
1: Well, I've um, always used the acrostic smack S M A C. Okay. My goals need to be specific, measurable, achievable, and consistent with who I am. Wow. So That's just, good. I just use that SMAC. It's good. Thank
0: you for that. So, yeah. So, um, as we head towards, uh, wrapping up this episode, um, we're not in a hurry to do that. We're welcome to hear whatever you have to say. I just don't want to eliminate certain things. When you, when you had heard, uh, my invite to have you on here, um, what came to your minds of things that you wanted to talk about that we we may have not have uh, touched or even addressed here today that you could bring to our audience. Well, one of my
1: first thoughts was, well, maybe this is another opportunity to talk about goals. As we've talked this morning, I'm a believer in goal setting. And most people do not have written specific goals has been my experience. And I love to help people get those thoughts and dreams out of their minds, put them on a dream sheet take that dream sheet and put it in a goal sheet and then go to work on those specific goals, whatever they may be. So I thought, well, maybe here's another opportunity to talk about the importance of goal
0: setting. Good. Okay. Any, anything else that we haven't touched that, uh, that you would love to share today?
1: Uh, well, once again, Donovan, thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm honored to be here that you would think of me. I know I've, I think you've done this with a, a number of people, so I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of this. Uh, hopefully it will make an impact. There's a person or two out there that maybe some of the things we've talked about will impact. But I just, I, as I look back on my life, I am a, a, a truly blessed man. I have a wonderful wife. We've been married almost 58 years. I have two sons. I've got two beautiful granddaughters, uh, two beautiful daughter-in-laws, and seven grandchildren. I have a all kinds of friends, wonderful clients. My health doesn't mean our life has been free of things that come our way. I call character builders. Uh, in fact, we're going through a couple of them right now with okay. our son. and. We've got some major health issues with our son and his wife in California. But as I look on it, I am a blessed, blessed man. And I'm truly thankful and grateful uh, to God for the life he's allowed me to live.
0: Love that. Um, we all, as we get older, understand the the value of gratitude. Right. It's a powerful thing that helps us right. uh, keep our perspectives right. Right. So I appreciate you sharing that. Okay. Um, is there any cool goal that you're messing with right now that you would that you could share with us that's uh, on your horizon
1: well my wife had a a, a birthday uh, last year that I won't say what it is and I'm trying to put together a <laughs> we got my my plans got put because of covid and I'm trying to Put, put together a special cruise that she's okay. always wanted to in honor of her birthday. So that's one of my goals for this year Okay, is hopefully everything will settle down and I can help my wife celebrate this birthday. Oh,
0: fun. <laughs> well, that that seems very achievable so, in light of the way things right, are right, headed right now. So right. Uh, definitely wish you well on that. Well, thanks. And, uh, Thank you. And a fun time and lots of memories and laughter had by all. So, um, if our viewers would like to get in touch with you or connect with you, how would they, how do they, how do they go about that? What's your preferred method?
1: Uh, they can contact me either by cell phone or with, with, uh, email, how they want to do okay. it. Uh, I I'll be responding to either one of those. Yeah.
0: Okay. And what are those?
1: Uh, my cell phone is, uh, it's 575-420-6910 and our, uh, uh email is the letter K Wells at cable1one.net. O-N-E okay. Yeah. Very so. well.
0: Well, thank you again. Really appreciate you interrupting your week and spending some time with us. Sure. And, um, making this one of your goals. Well, good.
1: <laughs> well, thanks again for the
0: invitation. It's been a pleasure. Marlon. Okay. Thanks,
1: Donald. Thank you. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed today's program, subscribe to the format you are on, YouTube or podcast channel, so you get notifications of new releases. If you want to connect with me, go to DonovanFulkerson.com for my companies and related business and product offerings. On social media, my personal accounts have daily spiritual and personal life posts. My business accounts relate to those specific products and offerings. If you'd like to be a sponsor, reach out too. We can make that happen. Thank you for connecting. Please share this video and get the word out. We'll see you next time.